I think uh, being a citizen of the country like India and always seeing things working out at scale with the sheer nature of our population to me doesn't seem as daunting as it seems to you and I would not consider vaccination of over 60 million girls difficult honestly. Hi, welcome to That Cancer Conversation, the podcast from Cancer Research UK that brings together the science and the stories behind cancer with me, Lily Matson. Around the world, cervical cancer is the fourth most common cancer in women. It's unusual as cancers go because 99% of cases worldwide are caused by an extremely common sexually transmitted infection known as human papillomavirus, or HPV for short. Now, having HPV doesn't mean that someone will definitely go on to develop cancer. I need to be really, really clear here. You can't catch cancer. And this is because there are hundreds of different types of HPV, Some don't pose any major issues and the body clears them naturally. Some cause things like warts and verrucas. But a few types are considered high risk and can lead to different forms of cancer. Studies from countries including Sweden and here in the UK have shown that vaccinating people for HPV at a young age before they become sexually active and more likely to be exposed to the virus dramatically reduces the incidence of cervical cancer. Many countries around the world have open HPV vaccination programs, but in other places, like the USA for example, it's not as accessible for everyone across the country. So to tackle this issue in one of the largest countries in the world, brilliant experts are working out how India might be able to introduce their own program nationwide. Well, I am Dr. Ishu Kataria. I work as a senior public health researcher with the Center for Global Non-Communicable Diseases um, at a research organization called RTI International. Uh, my work basically involves um, around uh, prevention and control of non-communicable diseases. Um, Specifically, a lot of it is on um, cancer prevention and control. So cervical cancer is uh, the third most common cancer in India. Um, And uh, the cancer really accounts for about second highest number of uh, cancer deaths in the country. Uh, the most common cause is the infection through HPV or human papillomavirus, as we call it. Um, and what is, uh, I would say, really sad is that there is a vaccine to prevent cervical cancer um, that a lot of people don't know about or have uh, access to. We usually give this vaccine to girls in the age group of 9 to 14, uh, generally before they begin their sexual debut. Ah, okay, I see. So like right now, uh, it's November 2021. Uh, Could you explain a little bit about what India's approach to cervical cancer is? What India basically has at this moment, Lily, is a screening program um, that is for non-communicable diseases. Sort of the key thing to note is that you don't really have the whole population that is your target population that gets um, invited systematically for screening, but it really depends on uh, how many times a patient would visit a doctor. Um, so that's, that's opportunistic screening. So we are not able to screen as many people 
uh, as we should be screening, but that is currently what is in the limit. So if we think about India, it's such a massive population. I suppose getting anything delivered across the whole country, vaccine or screening, is quite a big task. Um, you and your team are talking about a programme to immunise all girls between the ages of 9 and 14. So that's something like 60, 70, maybe 74 million people, if not more. That's more than the entire population of the UK. And you seem so calm about doing something at such a huge scale. I think uh, being a citizen of the country like India and always seeing things working out at scale with the sheer nature of our population, to me, doesn't seem as daunting as it seems to you. Um, So under the Universal Immunization Program, the UIP, the government of India really provides vaccination to prevent a lot of preventable diseases. So uh, diphtheria, pertussis, um, tetanus, polio, uh, measles, and and so on. Um, So I would say that people are fairly acceptable to vaccines. As a country, we are not um, a country where you would see a lot of um, anti-vaccine element. And I would not consider vaccination of over 60 million girls difficult, honestly. So I guess that's the first thing to think about is the girls. Are there any issues trying to convince them to get the vaccine? I think one of the key things is that with the way um, we function as a society in in India, the adolescent girls um, do not really have an independent choice about HPV vaccination. So the choice really rests with the parents. There may be some parents who could involve the adolescent in decision making, but a lot of times it's the parents who take decision for children. Uh, Okay, I see. So what would it take to convince the parents to ensure this can go ahead? Like you said, India has a history of vaccinating infants and children for diseases. So how do you get them to say yes to the HPV vaccine? It's really important because there's a lot of trust and faith that people have in the healthcare system. So if a doctor recommends something, I think that has a high likelihood of being accepted um, than anybody else. They could create awareness, people could go back to them, ask questions, um, have clarifications on the vaccine. Because um, honestly, as I told you, uh, Lily, um, as a country, we are really focused on childhood immunization. uh, And we haven't seen adolescent vaccines come up. The only other vaccine, which is the COVID-19 vaccine, is where we have first time really targeted age groups um, other than children. Um, So it's, it's a little new in that sense. So this is pretty complicated. Let's try and break it down a little bit. Ishu and her team want India to have a programme in place to vaccinate all the girls aged 9 to 14 in India. That's about 74 million people. In comparison, the entire population of the UK is only around 67 million people. So it's like imagining that you want to vaccinate everyone in the UK, but before you can... You have to convince their families that it's a good thing. How would you do that? Like Ishu said, get healthcare providers on side. But as she and her team have found, it's not a simple task. Um, So the cost of the vaccine, Lily, I would say is a major barrier. Um, It's available. 
it's available in the setup that can be dispensed through health clinics with private providers as well, but it's not in the um, sort of the public health setup in that sense. So a lot of people cannot afford the vaccine with the kind of uh, income level that they have. Um, as a result of which a doctor would uh, often say to me that even if I recommend the vaccine, um, the person sitting in front of me would say, like, that is something that I cannot afford. That is the whole amount that I really have where I can feed my family. Um, so why would I spend it on a vaccine? Um, and that is cost of just one vaccine because you have to give two doses of it. So cost is one major barrier. Right. So if the vaccine were cheaper, would that mean that people would be more inclined to have their kids vaccinated? Or is there anything else that healthcare professionals have to consider? There is a fear among parents that it would lead to their daughters becoming sexually promiscuous. Um, they are a little confused because HPV is a sexually transmitted infection. So they come back and asking that their daughter would not really start sexual debut that early. Um, so they, their daughter does not really need the vaccine. Um, and what also happens is that um, a lot of adolescents themselves uh, don't really know about the vaccine. Um, and one of the major barriers that I think a lot of physicians unanimously uh, vocalized was that it is not part of the universal immunization program of the country. So if it's not in the UIP, um, we don't really want to recommend it. We'd be happy recommending it once it is in the UIP. So let's look at what it boils down to. So far, we've established that for adolescent girls to be able to get the vaccine, you often have to convince parents or other family members. And in order to convince them, you first have to convince the healthcare professionals. But in order to convince the healthcare professionals to recommend the vaccine, you have to get it into India's universal immunisation programme. This is a big deal. Why? Well, it's a matter of size. So India is a country with a population of almost 1.4 billion people. That's about 20 times larger than that of the UK. The country is divided into 28 states. Some of them are small, like Sikkim, for example. Population estimates put it at about 660,000 people. So just a little bit more than the city of Glasgow. On the other hand, some are really big, like Uttar Pradesh. It's estimated that over 200 million people live there. So that's more than the combined population of Britain, Ireland, France, Spain, and, to top it all off, Portugal. It makes sense then that, unlike the UK, where the majority of healthcare services are coordinated and provided centrally through the NHS, the different states in India control their healthcare and are guided by the national government. So how do you get every single state on the same page? This is where the Universal Immunisation Programme, or UIP, launched in 1985, comes in. It's one of the world's largest, if not the largest, immunisation programme, covering groups such as newborns, children and pregnant individuals to prevent the spread of preventable diseases across India. Things like hepatitis, polio, measles and, added recently, rotavirus. So this is a really important step. Because once a vaccine is in the UIP, it tells healthcare professionals who should be given it, it's provided free of charge, and perhaps most importantly, people trust it. 
So with more and more evidence coming out from places like the UK that HPV vaccination programmes are effective, why isn't the HPV vaccine part of the universal immunisation programme? With respect to the HPV vaccination, we did have a, a demonstration project that happened in a few sites across India. And this was, I think, the year of uh, 2009. There were some media reports that came out that um, actually attributed uh, deaths that happened uh, in those areas to HPV vaccine. So there was this combination of uh, sort of what media reported, uh, the misinformation around the deaths, um, actually, which was not related to the HPV uh, program or vaccination, uh, was really a big impediment to really introduce the vaccine. Um, and, and it has been for over years. Right, I see. I guess in the time since then, have there been any attempts to make the vaccine more widely available? Uh, so gradually, I think from that thing to recover as a country, there were a few states that really uh, thought that they would try and do it in the country. So in 2016, HPV vaccination was uh, initiated by the Delhi state government. Uh, in 2017, Punjab, another state in the northern part of India, actually initiated HPV vaccination in two districts. Uh, where the cervical cancer burden was high. And finally, in 2018, uh, Sikkim, which is a state in the northeast part of India, started a statewide HPV vaccination program uh, targeting girls who were between the age of 9 to 14 years in schools. So right now, three different regions in India have an HPV vaccination program in place. And a key part of Ishi's work is finding out how this was done and what can be applied to other states in the country. So, how did they do it? Well, let's start in Sikkim, that northeastern state whose population is just a little bit less than that of Glasgow's. A lot of it came from, as Ishu puts it, sheer political will. A senior minister was introduced to HPV vaccination while visiting another country. When he came back to Sikkim, which has a high rate of cervical cancer, he was determined to introduce something similar. And they worked heavily with education and health departments to make it happen. In Punjab, state officials consulted an expert group which agreed that a programme should be in place in the 28 million person state. They used data to target 11 and 12 year old schoolgirls in the two districts with the highest burden of cervical cancer. But Delhi was a bit different. Their programme was more opportunistic. So, if the girls came to their healthcare provider, they would be offered the vaccine and would have a choice on whether or not to take it. But which method do Ishu and her team think works best and could help roll out a programme across the country? So I would say, Lily, that uh, between the three states that I spoke about, two of them actually captured school-going adolescents, uh, used school as a vehicle. Um, both Sikkim and Punjab did it and are doing it. And they have found this uh, strategy very successful because there is an opportunity to not only uh, get teachers involved, but also get parents involved because there's a lot of trust that students also place in teachers. So both these states have actually seen very high uptake with regards to school being utilized as uh, a medium for vaccination. 
So I would say that is is one of the good learnings. And I think the other things that the states can learn from each other, um, even those states that are intending to actually start uh, the vaccination program is basically learnings in terms of procurement of vaccines uh, because states have to then procure themselves if they are really wanting to start. Um, how the UN agencies can help them um, like UNICEF or WHO in terms of the technical implementation. So states often reach out to each other in understanding how one state did it and how the other state can then adapt. Uh, so ultimately, I guess it doesn't matter who's paying, the family, the state or the government. It still has a price tag, right? How can these vaccines be made cheaper and more widely accessible? India is really focusing on indigenous vaccines. We've seen that with covid uh, where a vaccine has developed indigenously in the country and is being administered successfully. It is safe and effective. And I think a similar thing is happening with the HPV vaccine, where it is also being manufactured indigenously. And hopefully with that vaccine launch, there will be more motivation with the government of India. So let's fast forward to a decade from now. Do you think things will be different in India? I will be very hopeful, Lily, um, and I'm a very optimistic person. So I feel that India will definitely start HPV vaccination through its universal immunization program. And we will have uh, the girls who are in the eligible age category get vaccinated. That is what I hope and that is what I dream. And I'm, I'm quite, quite optimistic that that will eventually happen. So this is my very last question, and it's quite a big one. If you had someone in front of you with the power to change things, someone like a government official, what would you say to them? Uh, they're quite busy people. So I think I would just tell them that uh, you have a real opportunity to prevent the women of your country dying from a cancer that is preventable. So it is time for you to act now. That's it for this episode of That Cancer Conversation. We were produced in the Cancer Research UK's digital news team. If you've come this far and would like to learn more about Dr Ishu Kotari's work, HPV or any of the other topics featured in this episode, links are available in the show notes. To be the first to listen to our next episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I've been Lily Matson. Thanks so much for listening and bye for now. Mm-hmm.